Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Rich the Groomer. We coming at you with another cloudy conversation. Welcome to another episode of Cloudy Conversations. Today's guest is owner of Spontaneous by Tyara Jarrell, a.k.a. T. Rich, a.k.a. Rich the Groomer. Thanks for sitting down with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. No problem. Um, for those who don't know, you're a licensed com- cosmetologist, excuse me, specializing in waxing and bar- barbering, um, in addition to teaching as well. Um, I like to start all the conversations off with, you know, pretty much helping paint the picture to how you got to where you are now and then expand on where you plan to go. Um, so to start off, let's talk about T. Rich the Kid. Uh, what kind of kid were you? Then what kind of kid was I? Yeah, were you a good kid, a bad kid, troublemaker? Who? What kind of kid was I? Had to watch you because you might take the old lady's purse. Like, let us know. <laughs> no, nah, I wasn't a thief at all. Um, I had a little bit of finesse and a charm when I was a kid. So I guess I was like a little bit in between good and bad. Because I would use my finesse for good and then turn around and use that same finesse for bad. So, like maybe I, to get your way as far yeah, as yeah. Oh, I was I was a master at getting my way. Um, I think that's my problem now. Um, I'm gonna get my way regardless. Um, it ain't too many things that I ain't gonna. I done took some. I done took some L's. Then what? I got a lot of W. So, this was it. So, what were some of your favorite things to do as a kid? Um. I used to, let's see, as a kid, I used to, like, play video games. Um, I was a big wrestling fan of The Rock, Stone Cold, uh, Undertaker. Those um, are your favorites? Yeah, so I would randomly just, like, say if I had some cousins at the house, um, you might get a random choke slam. You might get a <laughs> random stunner. Oh, you no. Know, yes, I was, in, I was into that. I was, yeah. Now, as a kid, did you think wrestling was real, or did you know it was kind of, like, acting? Or maybe, I think at a point in time, it kind of was really, like, them out there... Um, at the time, I thought it was real. I'm gonna tell you when I realized that it's real to a certain extent. When uh, when Owen Hart died, a lot of people that's probably watching are too young to remember who Owen Hart is. But Owen Hart fell off the top of the uh, the, the can't remember what it's called, but he fell off a rope. So oh, he fell off the yeah. the, the top rope. No, oh, not the, the top rope. Thing? He was coming. He was coming from the ceiling. Oh, it was you know the zip line coming oh, from the ceiling okay. entrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was uh coming down his entrance, and I think the rope snapped or something like that, and he fell into the uh on the side of the ring, and he died on the way to the hospital. Oh dang! Yeah, a lot of people ain't gonna remember it. That was like was was it two thousand late ninety nine something like that. It was in the late nineties. Oh wow. Um, are you an only child? No, um, I was raised by an only child, but I had between my mom and dad, it's probably nine or ten siblings. It's some, I know there's some siblings out there I don't know about. <laughs> so, so you said between them. So did you grow up like living with your mom? Nah, I didn't grow up with my mom. I didn't grow up living with my mom or my dad. I grew up living with, uh, with my grandparents. Um, my mom's, my mother's mom and dad. So okay. um, are you the oldest kid? Or? Yeah, I'm the oldest on both sides. Um. So that comes with some gifts and some curse. Being the oldest comes with a gift and a curse. When I was raising my grandparents, so life was a little bit different for me than my other siblings. But um, as of now, I try to uh, have a relationship with some siblings. Some of them I do, some of them I don't, but we'll get to that down the line. Yeah. So what do you think the benefit was with um, being raised by your grandparents? Um, I avoided 
I'm not gonna say avoid it because you know, um, when I got to a certain age, you know, the streets they call you. Not saying that like I was too deep in the streets, but I avoided a lot of things that my friends didn't avoid. But I also escaped a lot that they didn't. Um, um, fortunately, I don't say unfortunately. Fortunately, uh, I didn't have to worry about you know like where my next meal was gonna come from or if my uh, if people at home love me or anything like that. So I can't say yes, I was blessed to um come from. You felt like your circumstances didn't further push the need for you to go to the streets Mm because you you had somebody looking out for you. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. But the thing is, um, I didn't like other kids that were like me, if that makes sense. Because I thought they were boring or there wasn't no substance to them. Oh, so essentially you didn't want to hang around the other pretty much like nah. kids who didn't have nothing. You wanted to hang with the... the I wanted to hang with the, yeah, the half... You can be like the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. I preferred the have-nots because it was different, you why? know. Why would you say you preferred them? Um, because, um, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. Uh, a lot of people that have the, the privilege of, you know, being able to get what you want or not really have to go through those hardships and those, uh, like they call it, school of hard knocks and all that. Yeah. You don't gotta, um, you don't really have to, they don't understand life for real. But being coming from, you know, hanging with people that didn't have no mom at home or didn't have no dad at home or didn't know this and that, didn't have as much as I didn't, um, it kind of made me, like, appreciate life more. Right, because you realize how fortunate you were and how it really could right. be. And I mean, in the same sense, you had your grandparents, but did you ever feel a way that you weren't with your mom or you weren't with your dad? Or mm-hmm. did you understand at a certain point that maybe it was better off for you to be with your grandparents? Now that I'm pushing 30, yeah, I do understand I was better off. But when I was a kid, yeah, I did have some type of animosity. It kind of made me feel like, yo, like, yo, don't want me, I don't love me. Granted, my mom lived literally... A couple blocks down the street, I would see her every day, but it was just like I'm not in the home with yeah, you. Yeah, so I'm not in the home with you. Like, but I understand why. So, you know. And then, like you said, you have other siblings. So, how like there was there were they staying with your mom? So that's mm-hmm. why it made you feel a way. It's like, well, why yeah. do they get to stay there mm-hmm. and I can't? And I kind of feel like, to be honest, they might get mad at me for saying that, but it was it's literally the same thing for both of us they can they can act like it weren't but it is because i tell them i was jealous that i didn't get to be in the same house as y'all and like, y'all, oh. yeah, y'all might feel like oh why isn't he here but i was also feeling like yo why am i there so it kind of created a, a animosity between y'all not even knowing because it's like y'all want to be one or y'all thinking it's special treatment when it's all together at the end, yeah it's just... kind of like an unspoken animosity if that makes sense so it was like you know the feelings would be there, but at the, it's like a 80, 20, 70, 30 thing. It would be like, you know, 80% love, and then we have a little falling out. Once in a but while. I think that's typical siblings, mm-hmm. stuff, especially, you know, just growing up, you're, you're, you become your own people. So, and then Absolutely. you're the older brother. Um, are they younger sisters or? Everybody's younger than me. Um, there's, let's see. Ooh, I'm getting old, so sometimes I misplace people's ages. I give everybody's age. All my siblings, from my mother, I want to say I have one that's... She going to cuss me out if I get this number <laughs> say, wrong. They going to see but this. 27 or 28? 20, 
three or 24 and <laughs> then the baby is not even 21 yet okay, so, so. <laughs> i got like i said i got nine siblings so i mistake everybody's ages sometimes yeah that's so, a lot to keep up with yeah, I some, to that. because like i said it's three sisters i have three sisters from my mother and then from my dad it's like six of us including me so he has mostly boys though but he has three girls okay. so that's how that are goes. you a protective big brother like are you for like defensive over you know your younger siblings yeah um but in the sense of um i try not to go there the same way that the average dude like um you know some some dudes are like uh i don't know you have guys that be like oh don't cheat on my sister da, 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 da. you cheat on your girl bro you can't do that um so and i would say that i'm a cheater no, we're gonna take that up. We're gonna do that right now. But um, you're just saying like you're yeah, realistic with yeah, I'm real realistic with, um, with the expectation. Of course, not to be an abuser. Yeah, not to be an abuser. That, but, but I straight up tell you like if you call me, if I'm coming, I'm coming. Like homeboy gonna get it. I so, say don't use your card. For yeah, don't pull that card because if you pull that card and then go back to him. It's, it's, it's a wrap. It's yeah, because that puts your freedom, your livelihood mm-hmm. in the line. And right, because who's to say if, you know, X, Y, Z happens to them, X, Y, Z happens to me. There's consequences for every, there's consequences of repercussions. So, you know, I go I go to the extent. Now, I've never really had to, like, get out of pocket or, like, you know, feel like I got to go hawk somebody down or anything like that. But I might have stepped to a couple guys before, you know. You know, watch what you're saying to my sister or why you saying this to my sister or something like that. But... Never to the extreme, for real. Yeah, that's, that's understandable. And it's always nice to have an older brother or just somebody in general. You feel like if it all came to came down to it, like, I got somebody who's going to protect me. So that's, right. that's nice. And I can't even front. Um, me, me and my, the sister, my sister that's directly under me, um, that one, <laughs> we went to high school together. So, there, oh, I, can so. Re- I can recall a situation where I got it on and popped and... She peeped something that she didn't like. She got it on and popping. So we got sent out of school together. I mean, hey, I, I have to be my brother. I feel bad, though, because my brother was in kindergarten and he wrote for him. He didn't care. That's exactly how I go. He's like, like, no, that's my sister. I'm like, Lamont, come on now. That's exactly what she Oh, no, that's my brother. Like, I ain't going to front of her. I seen her put some on the floor. That's what I'm saying. She's like, hey, that's my sister. They riot for yep. them, but still, I can't be a fool with you like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, no, don't do this. And at the same time, I could actually recall a time where we argued in a hallway. That's cool. And got sent home <laughs> together. And my mom still made me give that little motherfucker, excuse my language, <laughs> she made me take her home anyway. Dang. Not that I was going to make her walk home, but, but it was just I like, walk I just, down the street a little bit. I pull up and pick you up. Think mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, <laughs> think about that. We had William Penn. I meet you at still school. <laughs> that's, that's a nice little walk. Yeah, that's, that's a nice little walk. Now, um, transitioning into the school topic, uh, how were you as a student? <sighs> I hope I don't got no teachers watching. <laughs> I can make a one out of watch though. Um, I was a good student. I had good grades, but um, like I said, remember I didn't. I'll get bored easily. I get bored easily. So um, yeah, I run joking. through the work. Um, I'm cracking jokes. I was never a bully though. Um, I didn't. I bullied bullies if that makes sense. Yeah, you you picked on the guys picking a lot of. Yeah, so um, stuff like that. Uh, I was a good student, but yeah, I was, could be a little comedian, a little class counter every once in a while. Especially as I got older, like you know, you go through puberty and all that. 
I can honestly say first through, I guess, maybe fifth or sixth grade, I was the quiet kid, you know, wasn't really into too much. Um, I was reading Harry Potter books and all <laughs> of that. Um, but then once around sixth through eighth, I morphed in the, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> whole yeah, a whole different person. Like, um, I started hanging with the riffraff a little bit. Um, me and the riffraff started doing riffraff stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think, I think that's kind of typical for most boys, even if it's not like in the inner city or nothing. Like, you're going to go through a point where you want right. to be opposite or just feel like, oh, let me see it what it's matter. like. I got to start experiencing stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. You go to Catholic school, private school, which is Catholic, which is, which is Catholic and private school. Uh, doesn't matter if you go to boarding school. It doesn't matter. You know, sometimes you have those things. Yeah, then it's a little change and you just want to be around somebody different like I can honestly say like I was raised in a, a lovely home I would go pick I would, I would leave home early just to go grab you know go grab my friends and we're going to see if we can get into some trouble before school that was me <laughs> not too much trouble but yes, you know typical kids yeah like, typical kids stuff you know because um, you said you're pushing 30 so it's like you definitely grew up in a time frame where you had to go outside and play so yeah, it's not like um, we didn't have too much social media. Like that's why it's like we was outside. We just find yeah. Like, even when social media first started, we was outside. Yeah. So you'd be outside on your your, your uh, I'm out the town. Oh, you'd be outside on your razor phone, or you'd be outside on your. Uh, and internet wasn't on your phone. Yeah, internet like wasn't on your phone. Like you you had to press the end button, like yo, in, in, in. in yeah, you had to pay for that. Like. Like, <laughs> bills, boy, like these kids don't know it wasn't accessible as it is now. Exactly. Do you feel like that was a benefit to? Your childhood not having to grow up in like such a social media area now that you see how it is now. Like. Yeah, because social media plays a huge influence on these uh, kids. You know, I got two kids at home, so they're 10 and 8. Social media influences them heavy and I ain't going front. I was I try not to be the mean dad, but I take a I take a tablet or a computer away every chance I get because that's what you want. You want to be on social media. And I don't stuff. like I don't I'm not the dad that wants his kids on TikTok. Um, I don't want you on TikTok. I don't want you on Facebook. I don't want. You... I caught my daughter with a Snapchat one day, and she didn't have her tablet for at least two, three months. So I don't want you know none of that. Um, I want you to stay kid. I wasn't on social medias for real. Um, till I got in high school. Mm -hmm. So, nah, I'm not going for none of that. Yeah, because we, what do you fear is going to influence them on there, or it's going to. What, like, say, over, like, they're going to see so much on social media that entices them that pretty much they're going to start to block out the guidance that you're giving Yeah, them. that's my whole thing. Like, I don't, I'm not worried about, you know, some people worry about the order, the perversions and things like that. My kids look at me weird when I walk around the house with no shirt. Like, eat daddy, put a shirt on. So, I'm not worried about that. It's more so that I don't want you to become no mean girl. Yeah. No, uh, what's her name, Regina George. <laughs> yeah. I don't want you to become none of that. Yeah. So... That's why my whole thing, like, then you got people bullying. I know I got a sensitive child, then I got a tough child. You're not about to come home and tell me somebody's picking what you want on the internet because I'm going to click the button. Yeah. I'm going to strip the internet. I'm going to disable you from being able to connect that. I'm not playing with that because I wasn't the type of the Bible. Like I said, I bully bully, so it didn't work like that. And then you have girls, so what do you feel like the approach... If you feel like if you had boys, your approach would be different or it's like nah, in the age bracket, it's still the same? Nah, I'd probably be worse. Because I know how I was, I know how how easily I, you know, like when Drake said I'm easily influenced by the niggas I'm around. 
that was me. Mm. So I would be extra hard on my boys because I don't want you going through none of the same things I was going through. Just being a black young man, you got racial profiling, police profiling you. You already, you got three strikes against you when you walk over the road. You're a boy, you're a black man, and you're in inner city. So, nah, I, I wouldn't be having it. America is kind of more lenient on girls, but boys, nah, I'm, 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 I'm I would be doing a lot things a lot different. Like I give my I give my daughters a lot of freedom. Um, like I I let them go outside by themselves. Um, I don't like I monitor what they do on their like computers and video games and stuff like that. But I'm not the dad that's like you got to do that stuff in my face. Now if I happen to creep up on you or something, you know you're doing something you ain't supposed to, then that's a strike against you. And I'm gonna take that or. You can't have it for the rest of the day. But do you feel, why do you feel like you're softer on the girls? Because, um, honestly, uh, I just feel like, you know, sometimes girls are they're a little bit more easy to to handle for dads. Like, their mom, she's the tough one. Yeah. She don't play that at all. I'm always the one that, why are you taking up for them? Because them is my babies, like. Leave them alone. Yeah, I guess it is kind of like vice versa, Rose, because if it was like the boy, you're tough on him, but pretty sure he's like, your mom's like, well, you ain't got to be all like, so yeah, it's like some parent got to be the stern one, another one got to yeah, be Yeah, somebody it. has to be that, so that's me, and um, like I, I try not to take life too serious, like, but at the same time, you know, you got to have some you gotta have some fun, and it has to be structured, and it has to be um guidance, so however I can keep a, a nice little balance, it'll never be 50-50. But as long as I got a nice balance, it's what it is. That's important. Did you always want to have kids or like... Oh, I just was thinking about this last night. You want to know something funny? I don't know why. Like I said, I've easily influenced all the people I hung around in high school. They had kids. So it was like, oh, I want a son. I want a son. I look back. Yeah, I probably could have waited. Cause I had, but I ain't going to say I probably could have waited because I had my first at the age of 19. So, no, 18, actually. So, it was a little easier because, you know, I, it was cool. You ever say you kind of out of school, can work, so. Yeah, so that was a little different. But, yeah, I always was like, oh, yeah, when I have my son, I'm going to have my son, da, da, da. My first girlfriend had a child. My first When I first started dealing with her, her child was three months old. So, yeah, and being a parent was always something that I looked at. And you, so, you're not, the, you're not a, the type of guy who... I mean, you've been in a long-term committed relationship, but, like, kids wouldn't turn you off, like... Nah, um... Sometimes women without kids scare me, if that makes sense. Because, um... Women without children, they can just come and go. Like, <laughs> they they think about life a little bit more different. So, you know, they they can just up and go. Now, women with kids, you know, they they... I don't want to say this wrong because I don't want to offend anyone. They have they have a different type of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Some people say, "Oh, they have less or they have more." No, women with children have a different type of responsibility than women without children. So, at this day and age, I would probably prefer like if I wasn't in a relationship, I would probably prefer a woman with children because I have children. But if I didn't have children, I'd still be still willing to deal with someone with a child mm-hmm. or more, depending on how many you got. <laughs> we were just speaking you know to you know family and kids and your point of views you know as far as social media and just raising them in general um but i want to double back to kind of um continue to paint the picture of how you 
transition into cosmetology and the field that you're in. Um, so at what age did you like take an interest in cosmetology? Um, it was a young age. It might have been like ten or eleven. Um, I cut a patch in my head. Like where was the patch at in the front? <sighs> the patch was like somewhere. Oh, you did the center bowl. <laughs> <laughs> See I had to get and I was trying to grow waves. I had to get the one against the grain. Oh, dang. Yo, that was crazy. My grandma smacked the hell out of me. And why did you do that? You do you just playing like playing with my grandpa's beard trimmers. Oh man. So <laughs> so was what was the moment you like say sparked it besides like yeah you, you cut the patch but it's like when you went to the barber and they had to like do it or just that actual moment where you took that clip and like oh that happened like I don't even want to say I got a little I got a slight interest in it um I always went to the same barber since I was a kid but um once I got a little older I start being able to, as long as I was, as long as I was, as long as my grandpa was a, as long as you keep yourself groomed right, I'll let you go whatever barber you want. Because I didn't like going to his bar. I felt like, you taking me to the old people barber. Like, nah. <laughs> you like an old man? Yeah, so um, there was a, I'll never forget, there was a barbershop on 6 and 4. It's called Sharper Image. Uh, it was uh, JJ and Ali. I'll never forget that. Um, JJ was the owner, but Ali was, he was that guy when it came to cutting hair. Um, He's actually black and Arab. That's what's from black and Arab. So, um, and I'm still quoting to this day. That's my guy. Um, I used to see the designs he would do and how straight his lines were. He to this day I think he calls himself the, the greatest of all lines. So, um, that was the goal for me, get the greatest of all lines. That was the goal for me. So I always felt the door like, yo, this guy's nice. I wanna be like him and I seen the money they was making and back then haircuts were like fifteen, twenty dollars. And now like a lot of people get mad at me because I charge fifty dollars for a cut. But we're in 2022. We're not back when we was younger now. Even back when we were younger, we were still paying $20, $25 for a haircut, especially going to them. And that barbershop was popping. So back in my mind, I was like, yo, these barbers get mad love. Everybody want to be in here. Everybody want to come get a cut. You got old people, young people. I wanted to be that. Minus the hood stuff that was going around. Okay. Um, so pretty much that led into... The opportunity to attend CTA, like the vocation. Yeah, um, because at first I wanted to go to SciTech, but then um, I'll never forget. And I actually want to thank him if I ever run into him. I had a teacher. I used to give that man hell in class, so he would never. He was one of the teachers that was against me going to SciTech because he felt as though I was going to waste the opportunity. But then when he found out I wanted to go to CTA, he was like, "Oh yeah, that's." He need to go learn a craft or a trade or something or a trade or something. So I'll sign off for that. But I'm not. He told me I'm not signing off for SciTech. But if you want to go to CTA, I'll sign off for that. So I did the interview and all that, and they had me um pick four. They had me pick four classes. That's the, somebody out there. I'll, I'm sorry. <laughs> they had me uh pick four classes that I want to go to, and I remember it was auto mechanic, auto collision. A lot of people don't understand. That's two different things. Um, cosmetology and culinary arts. And it's funny because I don't know why I picked culinary. My girl will tell you, I'm not the one that wants to go in the kitchen and cook. I will sit there and watch, but I don't want to be the cook. But same time, those I'm not going to lie, those classes had all the girls in them. So that was me 
As soon as I got older, I was me being young and frisky. I wanted to be around other girls, so that's what it was. And then cosmetology had more girls, and I ain't gonna lie. So I said, you know, I'm gonna stick with that. I was literally the only boy in the class, so that's how that worked. So when you you initially you went there, obviously thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna be around all the girls, um, and you had the inspiration for Barbara. And are you like you know what came with that? So did you look at that as a like why cosmetology over? Just going to barbering school. Um, to be honest with you, it was free. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Like after you, if you went with CTA, like once you finish the trade, you're like licensed to. Yeah. Um. Or you can take your test, like. Be yeah, you can actually take your test while you're in school. Um, I know a lot of people that was um. It actually, it's up to you. Um, it's a four year program, but you can have your license in three. Especially, I never miss school. Um, I liked school mm -hmm. for the simple fact, like I said, it was girls there. Um. I felt as I was fly. My older brothers always kept me fly. So, like, being there, I was kind of like a center of attention. Although I, was a, I used to make people laugh sometimes, you know. So, it was like, that, school wasn't a hassle for you? Yeah, like, school wasn't a hassle for me. I was up by 5, 6 o'clock every morning, every day. So, <laughs> I was raised by older people. So, I was up there. I'd be up watching the news or <laughs> watching Nickelodeon. So, there's no reason for you not to go to school? Yeah, there's no reason for me not to go. Plus... It comes to that being fortunate again. I had a car when I got my license, so mm. even more of a reason. Yeah, even more. I'm pulling up the school beats, thumping because I was into stuff like that. My grandpa was a mechanic. He had friends, so I had plugs on, you know, TV decks and subwoofers and speakers and stuff like that. So I wanted to make my car sound like I had. The, I remember the D Boys influenced me. Mm -hmm. Watching the D Boys riding up and down the streets and they Buicks and they Vans and all that. I'm like, yeah, I want to be him. So, you know, I made my cars look and sound like that. So, school was fun. I can honestly remember there was only a couple guys that was pulling up to school like that. And some of them was older. So, and they were in the streets and stuff like that. And they had the cars that I wanted. So, I wanted to be like them. Now, did you you said you were the only guy in the classroom. So, did you ever have any issues with, like, you said you bullied the bullies. But that people who may have not known you try to clown you. Like, oh, you in cosmetology. Like, nah, they always were trying to get in the classroom. One thing about it, um, I never really had to worry about too much of that because I was always kind of like a trendsetter. Even the dudes that didn't like me, they were like, oh, yeah, Tyre's doing his thing. Cause I remember, I didn't go by Rich back then. It was just Tyre. Oh, yeah, Tyre, he doing his thing. He in there with all the girls, da 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 They was always trying. They see me cutting or see me doing something. They, you know, they, wanna, they skipping the halls, running the halls. They coming in there because they want to see what it's like in there. They wondering, why is this dude so happy and comfortable in here? Because I'm, I'm surrounded by females. It's pretty girls, like... They they like to do stuff for you. you know, I'm not a I'm not an asshole, so it was cool. I'm gonna say, yeah. You know, what was the girls' perspective when like you first walked in the class? They like what? Like no, nah, they thought it was cool. They got they wanted to get to know me. Even like when I uh, cause I took the tour, so um, a lot of them remember from the tour. Like, oh, you that little cutie that was there talking last year. Uh, uh. And then once you start calling me cute, you start calling me handsome. It comes out. So <laughs> that, that I start opening up. Yeah, and my t and my teacher was cool. Shout out to her. Shout out to Miss George. Um, she was cool. Like she always made me feel welcome in there. So you know, plus I was the only boy, so I was always getting picked for stuff or you know running errands, um, demonstrating stuff. So it was cool. Do you feel like you actually learned in that class, like, yeah. like in that program? Yeah, because I paid attention. Like um, one of the biggest, but there there were some things that I didn't take advantage of. I ain't gonna lie, I might have had a couple girls doing my work for me. That's what it is. But the things that I wanted to learn, I learned. Like, I knew how to wax since I was in high school. So, 
learn how to do that, learn how to cut hair better. Um, a lot of people don't. Know. I know how to use a, a curling iron and a, a like a flat iron. <laughs> all that. I know how to use all of that. So, so even if a guy came to you and he had like the the. He wanted that blowout type look. You could give it to him. Mm-hmm. If a, a pimp named Slipback walked in here, he gonna have his Slipback. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also kind of dope and kind of takes you out of just the typical box of just being able to cut hair because yeah. now you you can service women even though you know what I'm saying they want they they want they tapered in the back. But can you fix my curls for me? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like and I open. You know, women they pay a lot of money yeah. for their hair. Like they don't really be I complaining about the price. They'll be like, me. listen, how much? Oh, that's great because yeah. that's cheaper than what she was got to charge me. Like a Facebook for I made a post about that the other day telling dudes that you know get female uh, clientele and female customers. And they refer if you're good, yeah. you they'll refer. Yes, they will. Out. They will refer. They refer you. They see you out in public. They buy drinks. They buy snacks. Stuff like that. Um, yeah, girl, she's like, yo, we the biggest tricks ever. And you want to know what? Yes. Women, you are the biggest tricks ever. Because y'all spend y'all spend your money and y'all spend our money. So <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I got a girl at home. She spent my money. <laughs> she probably waiting on me to come home and spend some money now. <laughs> hey. We'll be making it for if we ain't spending it. Absolutely. We'll be making it for if we ain't spending it. You got to make it, make it make some more money, but you know, have fun with it. Hell yeah, absolutely. Now... Obviously, like, you went to school. What year did you graduate? I graduated in 2011. Um, I should have graduated in 2010. That was my original date. But, you know, me being a class clown. Um, being a class clown had its gifts and its curse. And then one part of the curse was, you know, I did some things that I shouldn't have did. And it was, it was minor stuff. But, you know, me not paying attention to everything, I kind of messed it up myself. Do I regret it? Nah, because um, it made me look at life differently. Once I said, once again, it made me uh, go back and see, correct my wrongs, and uh, it's crazy because I got another cousin. He had to do, he had to do a twelfth grade year over. That's exactly the year it was. I had to do my twelfth grade year. Over. I feel, I feel embarrassed sometimes saying that, but at the same time, it's like you know what. It happens because I'm not the only person. At least you didn't quit. Yeah, there's people that have quit in the twelfth grade. Yeah. So. I'm actually thankful for my little flaws that I had. So, it's cool with me. If I had to do it all over, I would do it just like that because I gained a lot of connections. Um, I got smarter, and I learned how to play the game properly. The game of life. Mm-hmm. So, it's cool. So, it was a necessary stepping stone into your evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it made me slow down. Yeah. Definitely made me slow down. Now, when you came out of school, did you... Transition right into working in the shop. How did that go? I was in the shop actually by the time I was in eleventh grade. Oh, so you were, how? So you were able to work in the shop like under an apprenticeship because you were still in school, or like you could actually like. Um, it started out just shadowing. Um, you got to do a shadowing project. So um, and what that consists of, you got to go at least four hours, sit in um, a barber shop, nail shop, a spa, whatever. Um, anyone that's willing to let you do it, and you know, you just, you shadow them, so you you're watching their every move, you're asking questions, um, you're learning tips, um, and I actually shadowed my childhood barber, so, he gave me the game, shout out to Mike Payne, get the hands on Third Street, he gave me the game, I ain't gonna front, that man gave me the game, so, I'm thankful for him, and it's crazy, because I quit his barbershop three times, I quit three times, I ain't gonna front, before I had my license, I quit that barbershop three times. Because, um, I said that's a lot of times that you quit. Yeah, uh, what it was is, um, I was messing up, 
um, I was always taking it seriously, but like I said, I was messing up. Um, like messing up on cuts or like yeah, time. yeah. I I might have felt I might I can't remember the one time I quit because I completely messed somebody's head up, and after that, that just it just messed my head up in the barber world. So I quit. That was my last time that I quit, and I think I left for like maybe three or four months. And then I asked him, "Can I come back?" He's like, "Yo, look, that was your third time quitting. Like, you gotta." What you gonna do? Yeah, what you gonna do? You gonna take this serious or not? And then I told him, so he let me come back and we got it popping from then and there. Here I am, ten years later. So how long do you think it took for you to get comfortable with your skills? As far as you said, you messed up a couple cuts, like, and it deterred your confidence. But like, at what point did you feel like you were able to be comfortable with like, yeah, I should be in a shop, like? Um, well, from the start, I was all I always told myself if you're not gonna get you gotta get um comfortable with being uncomfortable. So, um like I said, but from the start, as soon as I got my um as soon as I applied, 'cause you gotta get when you apply for your tests and your boards, they give you a, a temporary license for nine months. Mm -hmm. So I applied for that and I jumped straight in the shop. I told him I got my temporary license, he seen everything was verified, so he let me go in. But then when I honestly felt as though like I think I'm him, ooh, that might have been year number six or year number seven. Okay, so that's that's a process. Yeah, it took me some time to um, it started up. It was building. I built my confidence for no. I built my skill. Then I built my confidence. Then I built my clientele. So um, as I started, you know, learning how to do different blends right, fades, mohawks, um, learn how to use scissors. Um, once I got that right, then I started realizing, you know, I can walk that walk with the other guys. Um. Then it just start going from there. Um, you know, doing proper promotion. Um, that's what. That's probably the only reason why I took social media seriously. Because back in, when I first started cutting, um, social media wasn't a big thing, but it was. Um, especially I was when I started cutting. That was around the time when Instagram first started okay, coming so out. And like Instagram was just on iPhones. iPhones. Yeah. So. Um, that's what it was. Like I'm like, yo, people are. This is gonna be a wave. So I started taking social media to my advantage, posting cuts, um, doing a lot. So um, honestly, I can say uh, the social media area actually helped a lot. And building your brand. Mm, and building my brand. Um, now, do I think I could have did it without the social media area? Yeah, but it's just easier to this way. Give it somebody. Give it. Uh, yeah, it's just easier this way. Absolutely. Um, now. When it came to, when it came to um, like the cuts and everything you were doing, did you get better because you were just practicing on people, or like you actually like were just taking more classes, maybe reading books, watching videos? I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I paid attention to what I wasn't doing, and I paid attention to what I was doing. But I paid attention to what I wasn't doing more because. What I wasn't doing actually helped me develop my craft. Like, um, I was in a shop with three other barbers. I was the youngest. I was 17. So you got someone that's in their 40s and their 30s. And two, of, two of them in their 30s, two of them, one in the 40s. So you, I would, every day I would pick a different barber to watch what they're doing. And they didn't mind it. They didn't care because they wanted to see me grow. Like they, uh, they still love me to this day. I can walk. I can go into any of their shops. If all of this was to fall now, uh, God forbid it happened. I know any of them will let me back into the shop. Mm -hmm. But um, I just paid attention to what they 
did that I didn't do. So, you know, and I always felt as though the when their cousins came out, they look their clients were they were older, young, they looked like they were stars when they walked out of the shop. So and this was before a lot of people start using um colors and dyes and all that. Like especially around here. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you had it in other cities, but around here when I was coming up, you really had to like prove you really had to show that your iron was sharp. Okay. So that's how that came out. So how long were you at your first shop before like well, how many shops do you have you worked at prior to getting your own? Uh, three. Okay, so you worked at the first shop for how long? About six, seven years, going to seven. Okay, so that was pretty much the the place that you molded your craft. Mm-hmm. You yeah, that's where I built it took my about name six or seven years for you to even get comfortable, mm-hmm. and then you transitioned from there and went to the next shop for how long? I was a let's see, um, second shop. My second shop was faded um, on Derry Street. I was there for. Four or five, four or five years. Okay. But it was a good four or five years. Um, it's crazy because I always compare. I compare myself to LeBron James. Um, you know, his first six seven years of his career, he was building himself. Um, Cleveland area. Cleveland and all that. Um, he did that, but then it was like when he went to South Beach, he took off, and. That's what I, that's the, that's the way I feel. Um, the first day that I walked, it, it's crazy because I got my haircut twice there. Um, but actually, guy that works with me now is named Donnie. And I hate to say work for me because I don't ever want to feel like I own anybody. Mm-hmm. But um, he was actually cutting down the street. He's good. He was a good friend of mine. We actually met each other in the sneaker line. So um, he cut my haircut. We cut my hair once down at GQ, and then he went out to uh, fade it. And I couldn't actually get in touch with the person that was cutting my hair at the time, so he started cutting me. And then the second time I went out there, he was like, yo, like, your skills is nice. Like, I don't know why. He was like, I know you, no disrespect to him, I know you don't like me around them older barbers. You know, it's nothing but younger people here. You might as well come rock with us. So, um, let me be real with you. It took me a day to make my decision. <laughs> I mean, ideally, yeah. It's nothing against him, but like yeah. you're, you're still young. Yeah, like... I needed to be around, and he understood that. I ain't going for like I was shook up. Like I didn't know how to. He didn't tell you I didn't know how to tell him that I was leaving the shop because I ain't want cousin not like me no more. Yeah. So when I told him, it was like, nothing personal. Right. It's nothing. He was like, I understand. I you. I feel as though it's time for you to spread your wings. So he basically gave me his blessing to go, but he always told me like. Your chair, you know, you always got a chair here if you're ever coming. It's crazy because when I slid out there, about a year or two later, he was like, yo, I'm hearing your name everywhere. Like, what are you doing? And I'm just, you know, I'm being me. Like, cutting. He's saying my word, you know. So that's what it was. My name getting out there, everybody telling me, I see, I see Ty out there. It's not. That probably make him feel proud. Cause yeah. He's like, it's like you was a young prodigy. It's like you really out there. Then you mm-hmm. taking it to the next level. Cause so. this is a guy that didn't had millions of barbers in his shop. I can honestly say cause that that was a he's in Midtown, so that was a stepping stone barber shop, and he had you know a whole lot of barbers. So I'm pretty. I don't know if anybody. I can honestly say I know three barbers. Me and the two other guys I talked about that I can basically say he made us who we are today. But um, I don't even say I don't say mate, but he you know he helped, helped, yeah, he helped, he helped mold us. and transition. Yeah, just being in his shop, you know, because he had tell you he had some flaws. We all had some flaws. That's everybody. Yeah, so you know, learning from him, we learned from him, he learned from us. So, 
Um, after it faded, what was the next transition? Um, I have a good friend of mine. Her name is Asia Richardson. Um, she had a shop in uh, Strawberry Square. I always forget the name of that place. I never go there anymore. <laughs> it was she had a shop called uh, it was Hair at the Square, and then she uh she closed that down and opened up a second shop and called uh, Mr. and Mrs. Salon, Mr. and Mrs. Hair Salon. Um, and it's crazy because that was actually in a, it was in the, in the cut, you know how they like say in the cut. Um, it was in a, uh, um, a old folks, I don't want to say old folks home, but, uh. Like a residential. Yeah, residential. Community for Yeah, um, for older people, um, through the, um, Department of Housing. So they would pay for them to live there and all that. Um, but she was going through some things and, you know, she needed, you know, she needed somebody on the team. So I'm like, no, well, let me come. I was, and it's crazy because. In the middle of that, before I went there, actually, that's when I started waxing. So, um, that's actually how that happened because I was working at another shop on the side of Faded. So, I was paying two rents. So, you were working at another yeah, shop? Yeah, I, I don't know how waxing, I keep forgetting it. Or, yeah. Okay, sorry. So, all right. So, it's technically, it's when, four. When did the waxing become a part of... When did it become a part of me? Yeah, like... Um, oh, this is a fun story. I like telling people this. Um, I was going on vacation, right? And I just kept hearing about the European Wax Center. So, I was kept hearing, everybody kept telling me, oh yeah, they do good work, this and that. So, I looked into the wax and I'm like, alright, it sounds safe. So, I sent my girl there. And she came back, she said the experience was cool and all that, tell her it didn't hurt. So, I sent her back, I think a couple months later or something like that. Because, you know, back then, it was, I wasn't really out like that. So, I wasn't about to keep paying for that. No, I didn't have to. <laughs> but, um, at the time goes by, um, I started doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. And this is after we had a little, a little break time. So, I ran into somebody that was a frequent waxer. And I just really like enjoyed <laughs> the results of a Brazilian so that's when I was like you know what I'm gonna get into this <laughs> so when I went back to cosmetology school to get my teacher's license because everybody knows if I can if I can advance myself I'm gonna do it so I went back to cosmetology school to get my teacher's license and that's when I taught myself retaught myself how to wax because like I said, I learned how, I learned in high school, but it had been so long that I didn't get a chance to do it. So, so you had to Yeah, and back then they weren't letting guys in the wax room to watch. So I kind of like kicked those doors down. That helps, that helps. You getting some secrets, T. <laughs> hey, you getting some secrets, T. Now... The waxing you went, you had to go back to school to get you know more reacquainted, and when that, on top of you went back to get your teaching certificate. Yeah, so actually, technically, when I went into school, um, a lot of people don't understand when you go to uh, become in a whether it's cosmetology teacher program, braiding teacher, uh, barber teacher, any of that, nail tech teacher, any of that, um, you're learning how to run a classroom. So technically, blame is turned you paying to be a teacher. Pretty much. Yeah, okay. so, you know, um, and the teachers that I had, some of them were my classmates. Um, actually, the person that was teaching me, she was um, 
we went to cosmetology school together. It was my teacher's daughter. Oh wow! So she actually, but she, you know, so she she had a little bit more advantage than me. Mm-hmm. So um, she took advantage of that, and she became a cosmetology teacher. So I was learning under her. So I probably got I soaked up a lot. And do you feel like that was a going back to get your teacher's uh, certification? That was like another key element in your evolution. Mm-hmm. Because it makes people respect you more. They make you see you oh, you about your craft. Once I tell people I'm a teacher, you know they. I put you like this. Somebody get in the you know. Some people always want to look in the mirror and all of that. I was like, yo, look, dog, I'm a teacher. I will pull that license. They say, oh, let me not underestimate this guy. Mm-hmm. So then you know. It just makes things a little bit. I think it makes things probably a little give you bit like that fun. MD on the end of your name. Like yeah, yeah, it's like. exactly what it makes me feel like. I'm a big dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, don't talk to me like that. Yeah, talk to me nice. <laughs> so you worked in a third shop. Um, how long were you there before you decided it was time to do your own thing? Um, are we going from when I was working in two different shops at once, or are we going from when I moved to the third shop? Oh, I just well, yeah, sure. technically, because you said you was at working and faded, it was another shop. Yeah, um, and then you went to there. I was actually working, and it's crazy because she, uh, this was my actually my teacher. She offered me, you know, a, a, she said, "Yo, you don't have to do proof. You can come here if you want." But um, I was so comfortable with, like being at faded, like those were my guys. We was like brothers. It was a family, so I didn't want to leave there at the time. Mm. So I was like, nah, I'm gonna just pay two different rents. We we gonna we gonna struggle until we come up. Um, and that's when the whole opportunity for the for Mister and Mrs. Salon because it came through, and she was telling me she's like, look, I know you paying me both of these rents. Um, I know you want to do Your one wives. thing, one space, and I could have did it at faded if I would have honestly asked um Tyson. His name was Tyson. His name is Tyson Williams. That's the owner. If I if I would have asked him, bro, can I? open up a wax area in the back i'm pretty sure he wouldn't have minded it he would let me because you know that's a another that's a whole new bag because yeah. obviously my rent gonna go up or you know you want a percentage or something yeah. like that new compensation but, but for your female clients yeah for my female clients i'm like you know what it might not be such a great idea especially when the, that is already placed as a man sanctuary yeah because right? it's yeah it's a it's more of you no know, it's a family oriented oriented area but you know the when, stigma behind the barbershop. Yeah, shop. the stigma behind a barbershop when it comes to being family oriented is father and sons. Yeah. So not that it's a bad area or anything like that, but it's just I more so the vibe. Guys are in there right. being guys. No woman wants to sit here and right. feel like and and I would have had a private entrance. There would have been a private outside entrance for the women to come in, and then it would have been a private entrance for me to slide through the back waxing area. But to avoid all of that, I just said, you know what? It might just be time to you know find a different area and she was offering the space to me so when I went down there she was barely over there so I basically had it to myself so I took advantage of that and ran with that and um I was there for a year it wasn't even two years I was there for a year because uh, that's when COVID happened Mm. so um, I was already talking about trying to find my own space because that's when I was starting to get bigger like um my waxing career took off way quicker than it did cutting hair. And do you think that's because you offered a service that most people, most females in the area might have wanted, but maybe they're not comfortable with going to European wax, or maybe 
Um, I know personally when I've seen it, what made me feel like, oh, maybe I should look into him. Because you're not just saying I wax now. You was giving out so much information, so much knowledge, the benefits. It was like, wait, hold on. Like, your approach was so different that it was like, you educating me, make me feel like I'm messing out on not, you mm-hmm. know, waxing opposed to the shaving. So, uh, I think that's probably what contributed to the blow up. But before you even jumped head into it were you like conscious or like afraid that of the stigma that could come with it that females would even want to support um i had mixed emotions it was more like a yeah 50 50 thing part of it was like it's here's the thing because everybody thought i was worried about the you know how the males will feel no nah, i'm not worried about how the males feel at all i already cut your hair it was more so like are, are they gonna think something's wrong with me um Somebody gonna somebody gonna say that I try to did some do something to them. Mm-hmm. Um, are they gonna think I'm aware or creepy? I had those type of thoughts, but then at the same time, um, people hate what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. So it was like, look, you either shoot that shot and miss the ball, or you shoot that shot and make it. So I took off with it. Um, a good friend of mine, her name's Kiana, Kiana Bose. Uh, I told her that I wanted to do because she was was she a manager at the assistant receptionist? I can't remember. But um, she had a position at the European Wax Center, so she would give me information and all that. Um, not they're not too secrets or anything like that, but she would, you know, just pretty yeah, much pretty much tell me how to how to do things, and um, she would help me with pricing and all of that. So um, one of my first Brazilians, actually, the picture, the famous picture in the pink room, <laughs> that's my first ever professional Brazilian. I sent that to her, and she posted it online for me because I didn't want to post it. So she's like, send it to me. I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna tag it. And then when she tagged me in it, everybody started liking it and loving it and commenting. You know, how can I do this? How can I do that? So once I'm saying, oh yeah, they rocking with it. I'm gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. So she and it's crazy because I don't think I've ever waxed her before, but she still gives me love and support to this day. So um, I'm thankful for that. She actually she helped me lead the way on that. So shout out to her. I definitely appreciate you for that one because. I would have never posted that picture. Now, when it came time to to actually start in a business, do you feel like it was in perfect timing, or maybe you may have waited a little too long, or like? Um, honestly, if it wasn't for COVID, I don't know if I would have opened up my shop this quick. So COVID was a blessing. COVID was a blessing for me. Um, I had fun during COVID. Yeah, pretty much it gave you the opportunity to have, to hone your craft. We, right, we were because here's the thing. A lot of people, I gained so much new clientele, new friendship, because, you know, EWC wasn't opening. And I had that extra space in my house, so I was like, you know, we're going to take it, take advantage of this. Um, I knew the day that the world, the world shut down, quote-unquote, that we weren't going to open back up for a while. Mm. So I literally had one of my friends come down to the uh, spot, Mr. and Mrs. Down on, um, downtown, and I had them literally help me take everything out of the shop, and I took it home. And when she seen me setting up, she was like, what the hell? Well, the business can't stop. Yeah, I said, the business don't stop. And she, she, worked, she didn't work from home, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad and get this money. I'm letting the kids, we... We doing everything. That first couple of weeks of COVID, because then no nobody knew what was going on. We had fun. I didn't cut that many hits. I actually told people the first week or two that I wasn't doing nothing. I was just chilling with the, chilling with the kids. So um, I had we moving to a new house. I'm working on everything. I'm researching what I want to do. And then that's when I just I couldn't keep turning people down because then I see 
oh, these other barbers and these other waxers, they figuring out how to do it, but nobody was figuring out how to wax from home. So I just set up the table. I took a picture, put it on Instagram, hit me up. Next thing you know, an hour later, I got a full week of appointments from Brazilians. And unlike other people, I didn't really charge up in the um, in the pandemic because I was working from home. Um, my kids were still bothering me from time to time. They didn't mind the client thing. They thought it was cute. Um, I was actually still high when I was doing for my kids at the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, it worked out easily. Um, it was fun. If that was to happen again, oh, I know how I run it. If that was to happen again, it would be even better. Um, y'all going to your grandma house during the day now. <laughs> Why do you feel like you had to hide from the girls that you was a waxer? My daughters? Yeah. Um, because they were young at the time, they wouldn't understand. Now that they're older, they understand, they get it. Um, one of them wants to be a hairdresser, and the other one just wants to be cute. So, <laughs> they understand it now, but they were at the age... It was like, oh, well, why are you looking between other girls' legs and this and that? Like, yeah, I'm like, he's cheating on my mama. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I would actually tell them I'm just waxing people's legs. So they would, you know, they. But then that little older, smart one of mine, she <laughs> caught on to it. Well, if you're just waxing legs, why can't we go? Why can't we? Uh, why can't we come downstairs and all stuff? Why can't we go upstairs? This and that. So then she put it on. She said, "Daddy, you're waxing private parts." I said, what makes you think she's because I know hair grows through, hair grows down there. Oh yeah, she does. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that moment you just like, uh, I'm just like, all right, go to you baby. right, <laughs> you win. I'll talk to you about it later. You win. So you then once her mom, when her mom explained it to her that she was okay with it and all of that, she lightened up. She was like, all right, cool. As long as mom's cool with it. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's how they go. They be daddy's girls, but there's certain things they ain't going for. <laughs> <laughs> Now, for your waxing skills, how long do you take it to? Uh, it, how long do you think it took for you to feel comfortable with even like feeling like you know you're a good waxer, like you're even worth being recommended? Like, was it a struggle compared to your barber, where you said you fucked heads up and you're like I'm quitting? Mm -mm. Or nah, because um, the difference was um. I don't want to say it was, I like looking at it, but it was just like, you know, you're a guy. It's kind of like going to a female barber. I don't care what nobody say. The female barber might not be attracted to you, but she's going to make you look attractive. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's how it was. I, I know how, I know what I would want to look at. And they would always tell me, you so, you so, so much precision and you, you, you make sure all the hair is growing this and that. And I still, I still get those compliments now because... I wouldn't want anyone to, you know, feel like, oh, he got a, he got a big name now. He don't care about nothing. No, I, I take pride in my reputation. Um, if I gotta pull a tweezer out, I'm gonna do it. Um, if I gotta trim it down with some scissors or something first, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do whatever it is to make you want to bring your mom, your sister, your <laughs> aunt, your entire family lined up. So that's one thing I took into consideration plus that's that's somebody's private area yeah. i do not want to mess nobody's private yeah, area yeah you can't you can't come back yeah. for that i'm not saying i haven't had my mess ups because you know sometimes it can happen i might get a text like Yo, you know you left a hair right here here and then i'm like all right come back and they're like no it's not that serious i'm like no it is that serious come back like i want you to come back. Yeah. you pay for that 
And they be, and then it's and they be like, oh my God, you so sweet, this and that, and you take care of all your clients. Yeah, I want you to be record. I want you to keep coming back. Yeah, like like I said, money, I need miss, and it's not even about the money. It's just the simple fact that I like my reputation. Mm. I like being known as somebody that don't play no games with whatever he's doing. Like, cause I don't like when I hear about half-ass styles and half-ass barbers. When I get on social media, bad reputation. yeah. When I get on social media and I see people, how they complain about. You know, uh, such and such wants a deposit, but they doing this and that, or you 15 minutes late, you doing this and that. Nah, I don't want that. Yeah. That's why, like, people like coming to me. If I know I'm going to be late, and you got a Brazilian, or if I'm running late on a haircut, and you got a Brazilian in the back, come. I'm going to do something. I might add something on for free. Mm -hmm. I don't care about it. At the end of the day, it's, it's a tax rate. Yeah. And it's customer appreciation. I might, you know, I might be like, oh, I'm a half an hour late, but come, come in. I know you're just getting Brazilian, but I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a on top of that mm -hmm. to show you that I'm sorry about that. Mm -hmm. and, you know, some of them accept it. Some of them are like, no, it's cool. It's you know what I mean? I still, I still, I'm gonna be there, but you know, I don't have the time to do that. Or I'm like, well, look, next time, just come with you. And have you had um, any horror stories? Like any horror stories? Like horror stories? Like a client may have. Passed out on the table because she ain't know the, the wax was gonna feel like that. Like, <laughs> she well, her reaction was to punch you, and she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Like, <laughs> yep. Um, my friend Asia that owned the hair salon that I was working at, um, she almost flew up the table. <laughs> I'll never forget that. She almost flew. I literally had to catch her with the other arm while applying pressure to her. So, yeah, it happens. Um. Uh, when I was waxing from home, my kids heard, and I got three, I have three stories in my house. So my kids heard somebody yell all the way from the third floor. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've had a lot of crazy situations. And it's crazy because all these people that, that, I, that had the horror story, they still come to me, so. Yeah. What, what would you compare, or like, because you get waxed yourself, right? Yeah. Okay, so what would you, like, when your clients ask, so how's it going to feel like, how do you describe it to them? I keep it straight from real. I'm like, I don't think it hurt that much. And they'll be like, what do you mean you don't think it hurt? You get waxed too? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh. And they always make that eye raise. Like, like you get waxed? Yeah. Um, I ain't gonna front. Um, some people have been bold. There's all, there's, I've definitely got it. What can I see? Um, I find How it flattering. It's it's flattering. I go for it's flattering. <laughs> but no, you can't see. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's flattering, but nah, you can't see. I'm gonna get in trouble for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get in trouble by two people. You or I'm gonna get in trouble by my girl or you on the state board. So mm -hmm. no, you cannot see. And did you get start waxing because of the benefits of it or because you wanted to be a test dummy to see what you was about to be doing to people, like Kind of like when you a cop and they make you get maced. Both. Um, it's funny. And what was I, your first experience like? When I was when I tried to, my first real experience when I tried to wax myself. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> How did that go? Terrible man. It took me an hour to get that strip off. <laughs> the one strip. <laughs> and me trying to be a big dog, I took it literally from like the top of where you know where your shaft starts all the way down to the bottom of your sack. And I made a real big strip. And I just let it harden up. And when I lifted my leg up, I felt... <laughs> I could have cried. I'm not going to lie. I think I passed out for 10 minutes. Yo, that's hilarious. Yeah, I passed out for 10 minutes and woke up and called one of my sisters to come rip it. They laughed at me. 
I asked my sister to do it. They laughed at me and hung up the phone. Yeah, that's basically better figure out how to get that wax off yourself. You shouldn't put it on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you jumped out the window so hard. Like, yeah. You know you can't even like just yeah. be able to stab yourself. You gotta yeah. go to different types of to, so, to induce that type of pain. Mm-hmm. So then your first time at the professional place, were you like afraid or Nah, it was smooth because um I was always following the directions, like I'm a smoker, so I smoked on the way. Um I popped like five ibuprofen, <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had I literally um I'll never forget my appointment. I left the gym. I left. I went to work out that morning. I went. I went hard. I did like double sauna time. I worked out hard. Um, so my adrenaline was rushing. Um, took like about an hour shower before I went. So I planned it out properly. I actually popped the ibuprofen while I was in the shower. So by the time I got there, I was relaxed and cool. Um. She made real, she feel real comfortable. One oh, thing I didn't like was you go to a female wax. Yeah, I'm gonna be real. Like, look, listen, nothing against anybody. I just don't want homeboy holding it. So, <laughs> are you waxing well? Are you waxing males? I never, I never waxed a male before. Would you, or you just that's just not Probably. something? The money, right? Okay. Like, how much money would it cost for you to wax a? Wax I put it, it to you like this: the average, the average male. Ain't gonna pay what I pay for a manzillion, so <laughs> or a brozillion. <laughs> so, um, and plus around here, I'm gonna be around here. I won't have to worry about that because um, we're in a small city. Small-minded things happen. I said, would it make you feel away? Nah, like, because I I was in I played football, so you know you like when you seeing dudes naked and stuff like that. Um. It wouldn't really bother me, but what would bother me is if you disrespected me or if you, you know, tried to try me. That'll bother me. Yeah, I was going to say, because what are instances where, like, he gets aroused? Would that be considered disrespectful or, like, how would you handle that? Like, I ain't going to say it's disrespectful. It might have me some thoughts in the back of my mind. So but at like, the same time, like, like what's going on? Like, what's here? Go, like what you thinking right now, cuz? <laughs> like we gotta hurry for ending this. Yeah, game. I might switch. I might. And here's the thing. I might. If I was a wax guy, I'm putting on the hardest rap that I can find. So like, <laughs> rip. Yep. Ain't gonna, nothing we, pleasant about this you, situation. I, I'm gonna put on some G Herbo. I'm gonna put on some dirt. <laughs> I might put on some some OJ to kiss a stoppy. Yeah. We're not thinking about that we right now. Here. Yeah, we gangster in here. So like, what you gotta think? Um. Yo, LeBron's massage therapist is a man. Like, there's just certain things that, you know, it, it has to be done. Like, most women, like, I'm pretty sure if LeBron was to go for, like, a, a, a relaxing massage, it would be a woman. But like that sports massage and all that, get that deep tissue, he's going to a guy. Yeah. So, you know, that's, like, it's, somebody has always asked me, but around here, nah, it wouldn't be no benefit to it. But... You put me in a place like... Like I'm, you down in Miami You or put something? me in a place like Miami, I'm going to get the bag. I ain't even going front. I'm going to get the bag because... You'll be stupid to keep passing yeah, that You money. don't know me. I don't know you. I know you just want... You know, you just want your stuff to look right. And you're going to keep it moving. But now, am I, was, now, I would hire a female... I was just think I would teach another guy how to wax. I don't care. As long as I know you're going to hold the same values as I would hold. So, um, and great, I know a lot, like, people, yes, people think I'm a very sexual person. And, hey, it is what it is. I'm a guy. But I wouldn't want nobody that's going to make me feel like, yo, I shouldn't teach him because he's going to literally give me a bad name. So, when I go over that, yeah, um, I don't care. I know, and I know a lot of guys are going to see this. Say what you want, call me what you want, I don't care. 
But yeah, I would. If the money was right. It is what it is. It's like I'm having sex with you. No, I, I respect it. I feel like it takes a like a doctor can't choose whether he's going to see a male or exactly. a female patient. So exactly. I signed up for this, and as and long as you're respecting me and I'm respectable to you, like this is a service mm-hmm. that I'm providing. Like my dad, my dad when he went to get a vasectomy, he said it was a guy that did it. Um, all of my male clients that have vasectomies. They say, yeah, it was a guy. We talked about sports the whole time. You say sometimes the gynecologist is a dude. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> like Dr. Backer. He's seen all of us when he was yeah. kids. So, he just yeah. delivered my nephew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, obviously, you've been, like you said, you've been having much success. How long have you, this shop been open? What? I think you just celebrated two years? Yeah, two um, years. Yeah, two years. Two uh, you've been having much success, but like you said, you're in a small city where one, it wasn't probably thought of that a male would be a waxer or be a, uh, have the clientele and women respect that. So how do you deal with or what are some of the negative connotations you hear or maybe you started to hear when you were first starting out or maybe even now? I'd be doing it to y'all. <laughs> that's the first that's thing that everybody that's literally, oh he be in there doing it to them girls and he be finessing them. Blah, blah, blah. Look, never did it to none of y'all. I can't help with it. Listen, I'm going to be straight and real. If your girl finds me attractive, I can't help it. But at the same time, I'm not going to finesse that girl. I'm not going to try to push it up on her for the simple fact that's not what I'm into. And on top of that, I think that they should also take into consideration, like, not saying professionals don't abuse their their craft, but if people are spending their whole lifetime investing in learning this, building their own shop and stuff, and they never necessarily had a problem before getting their needs satisfied, why would they jeopardize? Right. That's what, that's what I try to do. I don't have to use my craft or my skill to get women. Um, or does it attract women? Yes. Women say crazy things to me now. Like, every time I go, hey, Coochie, man. <laughs> I lie to you not. That is a name that is just going to stick with me around here. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, it used to bother me, but now it's like, you know what, man? They hate it on Jesus. They hate it on Jesus. Who am I? So, I don't trip about it no more. Now... If you make me feel provoked or threatened, that might be different. But as long as you stay in your lane, I ain't worried about it. I don't think I've ever had to worry about nobody ever trying to like call themselves stepping to me because they were offended by something. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was somebody out there. <laughs> Understandable. Now, <clears throat> going to wrap it up in a few. Just had a couple more questions because pretty much um, touched on everything. I did want to speak to you about your social media presence in mm-hmm. a sense of you express kind of like Boosie how to be blocking you, take your pages down, um, and then also you use social media as a tool to kind of express your emotions in regards to maybe the business and maybe on personal subjects. So do you feel like the brand and your personal thoughts should co-collide or it should be completely separate? Honestly, um, oh, that's a good one. Uh, you know how they pe- people say it's it's not don't don't what is it is it's just business is not personal. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are your own, you're not working for a corporation. You can say that, but when you are the business and you are the person, the person that runs the business is yeah. So um, honestly. Regardless if I say something that everybody's going to like or if I say something that everybody's going to dislike. As long as I'm not tarnishing the brand, I feel as though it's cool. It's like um, 
the can we are in a cancel culture. Mm -hmm. So I do watch what I say, but at the same time, I feel as though if you don't like me or you want to cancel me, that's just something you're gonna always feel like. My personal fan base and following and clientele, they have been rocking with me even since. Um, and a lot of people have the same views, but some people are scared to say it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like to call myself the voice, but um, I do speak a lot of things that other people won't say. Um, like that's just always who I am. I'm an outspoken person, so. Um, it's like a lot of my coworkers always tell me, like, yo, you gotta, you gotta stop speaking your mind so much because somebody's not gonna like it. Somebody's gonna try to step to you about that. And am I worried about that? Nah. When that day happens, it happens. We can talk. It is what it is. But, yeah, because um, as long as I'm not, I, my opinion doesn't allude to disrespect. Though, yeah. Exactly. Like, um, I don't disrespect people. Like, I'm not a racist. I'm not a a, a colorist. Not a racist. Not a colorist. Um, not a sexist. Uh. None of that is. <laughs> None of that is. Um, I don't like. I don't. I don't mind gay people. Like I, I cut gay people. All of that. I have uh, lesbian, female clients. I have gay male clients, and they all love me the same, and I love them the same. Like I don't have a problem. I might see one of my. I might see one of my gay clients out. I'm gonna get that man a hug. Like what's up, bro? Like you know, what I mean, you good? Let me buy you a drink. And it's the same love with me. Or I might see that female client, and she's gonna show me the same love. Because I feel as though a person is a person. You ain't bothering me, I'm not bothering you. And to be honest with you, y'all not, not gonna like this. A lot of y'all are say the things because y'all are gay in the back of your brain. Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to you're trying to prove that you're not who you are. If that's who you are, bro, then that's to be who you are. But if not, then cool. Like I don't be like what I don't like I don't like people that are homophobic. So yeah, because like what are they going to you? If they ain't do nothing to you, then why does it matter? So, Pretty much like the bully who's bullying the bully. Yeah. Like, I ain't with that. Like, we just living life over here. Like. Right. Like, just whatever makes you happy makes me happier. So, it is what it is. Yeah, now, this conversation, you know, has been really well. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I did just want to touch on pretty much the future plans. Um, you've been dropping apparel uh, products that go along as far as, like... Um, the scrub, barbering, you're offering services as far as fish shoes and things like that. So where do you, what are your plans obviously now with the business and and how many years do you think it's going to take for you to be in them positions? World domination. <laughs> world domination. And when I mean world domination, I don't mean just like, you know, just taking over the world. But I mean like the, the waxing world and the aesthetic world, the cosmetology world. Like, um, I don't, I don't feel as though like this is just something that's just gonna blow over. Like I honestly feel as though like um like I have a team now. Now when we start building our team up even more and when we get, you know, that that level of where we need to be where we're just everybody's on the same page, oh it's we're gonna be unstoppable, man. I'm gonna be unstoppable. I'm gonna be unstoppable, they're gonna be unstoppable, we're gonna be unstoppable. So um, I'll see myself maybe a couple of different cities. Um, I can't say what cities because I wake up and think about a different city every day. Um, I follow a lot of other waxers on social media and all that. So the brand's going to be around here and the brand's going to be in other places. So I just see myself all over the place. Um, I literally have a dream one day of, I'm just put it like this. I got a dream of putting my brain in a spot, in a, uh, in a resort one day, whether it's Jamaica, Mexico, uh, the DR. That's what I want to do. Um, even if I'm not there, just to you know, just to be able to say my brand was 
Yeah, that was it made it to the top. So um, that's really what it is. Um, I just I just wanted I wanted to be the best brand that it can be, whether if it's the whether if it's the biggest shop in Harrisburg or the biggest shop in the United States. I just you know just see nothing as a success. So yeah, I totally agree, and I I definitely believe in the vision, and yeah, I, I can see. Pretty much is how being versatile is allowing you to touch and go places that probably if you just would have stuck to the traditional, just I'm going to focus on barbering and not even elude that customer service because, like you said, you're a groomer. It's different than just sitting down. When you sit in my chair, you're going to get up feeling refreshed, looking different, looking like you paid the money that you paid. Absolutely. But that's super important. Um, tell the people where to find you, where the personal business pages, um, right, well, OnlyFans, whatever. We located, we located at the spot now. We are located at the home of Spontaneous. That is 2831 Pembroke Avenue. We are located right across the street from the 7-Eleven gas station. Uh, shout out to the homies down the street, right up the block from GQ's. Uh, social media, you can find me on, you can find me on Instagram, richthegroomer underscore SBTJ. That's Spontaneous by Tyler Jarrell, if anybody's wondering what it is. Um, Twitter, Rich the Groomer, uh, Facebook, Tyler Jarrell, feel free to shout me out, hit me up for an appointment. Um, I'm going to just send you my link, but I'll say hi at least. <laughs> but yes, you can find me at those places, Instagram, Facebook, and oh, I'm sorry, I even got an OnlyFans page. Okay. Excuse my language. For those that want to see my work, what it really looks, for, really, really looks like, it is Rich Pussy Vibes. Yes, Rich Pussy Vibes. Now... If you don't want to see other sense of work and all that, don't subscribe. But if you want to see what my work really looks like, subscribe. Never know what you might like. All right. Thank you again. We appreciate you. Absolutely. That's a wrap.